0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, and we especially are delighted to have those who may be watching for the first time. And we are happy to have those who watch every time We're on the air. Now, today on our telecast, we have a subject that I have chosen to call the importance of the local church. You may say, well, now, what does that mean? Well, you stay tuned, and we'll discuss it. Now, today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. Let me emphasize, this course is free. Frequently someone will call and they'll say, well, now, what does the cost? What does it really cost? I know he says there's no cost, but what does it really cost? Well, if we tell you it's free, that's exactly the way it is. And we want you to have the course in order that you might know more about the course, in order that you might get the details about how to receive the free course, let's pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course, this course is non-denominational, it's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: I want to read now from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. In the New Testament, there are at least two senses in which the church is discussed. First of all, the church is discussed in the universal sense. What we mean by that, that the, it talks about the church or the body of believers all over the world, all of the blood-redeemed people all over the world. But then it also discusses the church in the local sense. Well, one preacher said that it was in the local church that early Saints lived and died and went to heaven. Now, now some people have a a twisted concept of church. So some people think when you're talking about the church that you're talking about a building. But but the church is not a building. The church uses a building. In Acts the 8th chapter, Saul, we're told, made havoc of the church. And so what did he do when he made havoc of the church? He entered into every house, and he committed men and women into prison. And so he was putting the church in prison, but he was putting people in prison. Now, the church of the New Testament was established in the city of Jerusalem on the day of of Pentecost after Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And it was on that occasion that the Apostle Peter preached the first recorded gospel sermon uh, under the Worldwide Commission. And he preached a sermon about Jesus. He preached about his life, his death, and his resurrection. And there were people on that occasion that inquired about what they must do. And he told them to repent and to be baptized for the remission of their sins. And about 3,000 were baptized. And the Bible says they were added to the church by the Lord. This in the very last verse of Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Eventually the church was scattered out of the city of Jerusalem with the exception of the apostles by persecution. And Acts 8 and 4 says, They therefore that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. They were scattered in the various localities. And we read about the church in the New Testament in various localities such as the church in Antioch, the church in Corinth, the church in Ephesus, and so on. The the local church was designed to be a well-functioning unit. In Philippians 1 and 1 that we read in the very beginning, Paul addressed this letter to the saints that were at Philippi, so there were the church members, with the bishops, that were the elders of bishops, and the deacons. So here was a well-functioning unit. The the universal church is not well a well organized unit. Now there's a problem sometimes that you have in the church, and in the local church sometimes you have members who are not involved. The, uh, some people refer to them as floating members or are members at large. But we ought to be involved in the the ongoing of a local church. Now to show you that. Uh, the importance of being a part of a local church, I want to co- call your attention to two or three uh, examples in the New Testament. For example, in Acts the ninth chapter in verse 26, Saul of Tarsus essayed to join himself to the disciples. Of course, at first they were afraid of them, but eventually they accepted him. But he wanted to be aligned with the disciples. He didn't want to be a floating member. In Acts, the 18th chapter, and verse 27, the church at Ephesus wrote to the church at Achaia to receive Apollos. There's an example of one church recommending a preacher to another church. In Romans, the 16th chapter, verses 1 and 2, Paul recommended Phoebe to the church in Rome. And it cannot be missed that 10 out of the 27 books of the New Testament were written to a local church. But but why is the local church so important? And and I want to give you some reasons why a church in a, a, a specific locality is so important. First of all, it is described in the Bible as a candlestick. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1 and verse 20, The the churches of Asia were described as candlesticks. And in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 1, the Lord is pictured as walking in the midst of the churches or walking in the midst of the candlesticks. And it cannot be uh, amiss that the Lord is still walking in the midst of the churches today. But then the church is the divine agency for the support of the truth. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. You see, the local church is the driving force in preaching the gospel. There is no legislative or executive power in the universal church. It is in the local church. Also, it is in the local church where the oversight of the church takes place. In Acts, the uh, 14th chapter, in verse 23, Paul, we're told, ordained elders in every church. In Titus chapter 1 in verse 5, Paul told Titus to, that there, to ordain elders in every city. There was to be a plurality of elders in every church in every city. And the elders of a local church had oversight of the affairs of the church that was among them. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, Peter wrote, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Now do you see it there? Feed the flock of God which is among you. That is, elders of a local congregation, have the responsibility of overseeing the affairs of that church, not another. And the members of that congregation have the responsibility of submitting to the oversight of those elders. Hebrews 13 and verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. So we're to submit ourselves to them. There isn't any other way. There isn't any synod. There's not a, a council. There's not a group of men that have the oversight of the church. This is done by the local church. And it is in the local church where we are to partake of the Lord's Supper. If you will, take your Bibles now and turn to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. There are two or three passages I want you to look at. It is in the local church where we partake of the Lord's Supper. Now in verse 18, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and of course there were a lot of problems they had in the church, and one of those was the abuse of the Lord's Supper. They had made a common meal out of it. But listen to him in verse 18. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. So they were coming together. They were coming together as a local congregation. They were coming together, as the church and Corinth. Now in verse 20 he says, Therefore when you come together in one place, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. They should have been coming together to do that, but they made a common meal out of it. It cannot be missed in Acts the 20th chapter and verse 7 that Paul tarried at Troas long enough to be present on the Lord's day to partake of the Lord's Supper. On the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. It is in the local church where we partake of the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day. But also it's in the local church where we help the needy. Now concerning the collection for the saints, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 16, is I have given order to the churches of Galatia. Even so do ye... Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Paul told them to, to, they were taking up collection to help put people that were in need. And they were told to give it on the Lord's day. The church helps the needy. In Galatians 6 and 10, we're told, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. And so we are to help all people, but in a special way as Christians, we are to help one another. There's a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13 I want to read. Well, through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. So the church helps the needy, the church helps the church, but not only should the church the local church help the local church, that is the needy in the local church we ought to help all people. One of the greatest and finest examples in the Bible about a church that helped others was the churches of Macedonia. We read about them in 2 Corinthians the 8th chapter. And of course the churches of Macedonia were in deep poverty. Uh, They had gone through three civil wars, and those three civil wars left the churches there very poor, very impoverished. And in spite of that, they were willing, beyond their ability, they were freely willing to give to help other people. And actually, they begged for an opportunity to help people that were in need. Three of the principal cities of uh, Macedonia were Thessalonica, Berea, and Philippi. The church at Thessalonica was known, the faith of that church was known far and wide, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. And the people of Macedonia, of of, uh, of Berea, rather, were known for their thirst for truth, according to Acts chapter 17 and verse number 11. And in the Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses 15 through 19, we learn that the people of, Mas- of Philippi, the Macedonian Brethren in Philippi, were known for their giving in the helping of the Apostle Paul in the preaching of the gospel. It's in the local church where we help the needy. But it's in the local church where we promote the purity of the church. I want you to turn now to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We looked earlier in 1 chapter 11, but turn back to the 5th chapter. In the 5th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul is dealing with another problem they had in the local church in Corinth. Listen to verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And such sexual immorality is not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife. And you're puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Here was a man who was living with his father's wife. Down in the fourth verse, Paul said, When you are gathered together along with my spirit, what were they to do? Deliver him to Satan, verse 5, for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul said, A little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's in verse 6. And thus in verse 7 he says, Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. In other words, Paul said you need to promote the purity of this church. You have impurity in the church, and thus you need to purge out that old leaven. As a matter of fact, in verse 13, he said, Put away from yourselves the evil person. Also in the local church is where we admonish people and where we are admonished. This can't be done in the church universal. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us provoke one another unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner some is, but, but exhorting one another and so much the door, more the, as you see the day approaching. So it's in the local church that we can admonish and be admonished, encourage and be encouraged. But also it is in the local church that where we promote unity. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse number 3, Paul said, "...endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace." Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, a church that did not know very much about peace. And here's how he described them in verse 2 of chapter 1. "...to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus, both theirs and ours. Well, he called it the church of God, even though they had a lot of division in the church. But in verse 10, he said, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You see, we need to promote unity. And we promote unity with respect to the ma- things that's a, that are matters of judgment. We should never cause division over things that are matters of judgment. We that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of those that are weak. We ought to avoid jealousy and envy and gossip. We ought to work for peace within the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul in Romans, the 14th chapter, and verse 19 says, Fall after things that make peace. We need to be humble. A well, man should never think more highly of himself than he ought to think. And also we need to be willing to admit our faults. That will help to bring this unity and peace. James 5 and 16 says, confess your faults one to another. One of the most beautiful things in all of the world is unity among God's people. Behold how good and pleasant it is. For brethren to dwell together in unity. But another thing that shows the importance of the local church is the way the work of the church is funded. How is it funded? In 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, in verses 1 and 2, we have uh, these words from Paul. He wrote these words now concerning the collection for the saints as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. It is the responsibility of every one in the local church, to lay by and store on the first day of the week. The late J.W. McGarvey, a great Bible scholar of another age, said that lay by and store meant to put it into the treasury. We are to give on the first day of the week into the treasury of the church, to lay by and store on that day, in order that the work of the church might be funded. The work of the church is not to be funded by pie suppers, selling donuts on the street corner, having uh, yard sales and the like. We, We are to give upon the first day of the week to fund the work of the church. And think of all of the good that can be done if people would give upon the first day of the week. Folks, the, the, the local church is the driving force in sending the light of the gospel. There are Sometimes there are members that fail to give into the treasure of the church. That's a very, very dangerous thing for a person to do. But another thing that underscores the, the importance of the local church is the fact that this is the place where we settle our differences you can't settle differences before the church in a universal sense because, in the, according to the New Testament, there is no super organization, there is no uh, higher power on earth that can be used to settle the differences that we might have on the local level. In Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 15 to 17, Jesus said, if your brother has a, there's a difference between you and a brother, go to him. If you go to him and he won't hear you, take witnesses. If he won't hear the witnesses, then take it to the church. And that would have to be the local church. But the importance of the local church is also seen, and this is the place where we show love for one another. Granted, we're to love the brotherhood, 1 Peter 2 and verse 17. And I love my brothers all over the world. But you know it's very difficult to love people Uh, that I don't know, that I don't see, although I'm to love all men. But it's in the local church where I can see people, I can know people, and then I can come to love and to appreciate them. The one thing that should be a mark of those that are Christians is the attitude they have, the love they have for one another. Greater Jesus in John the 13th chapter in verse 34 said, a new commandment I give you, that, that you love one another even as I have loved you. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. Well, there's a lot of tension in our world today. There's a lot of turmoil in the world today. But the one place, the one place where there ought not to be tension, where there ought not to be turmoil is in the local congregation of the Lord's people we ought to try to have a good influence in the local church. I, I want the church where I worship at Somerdale, Alabama to be the best. Therefore, I want to be as actively involved in what the church is doing as I can be. It deserves my full, complete cooperation. Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 said, We are laborers together. With God. We're laborers. Together. With God. The little boy was seen with his lawnmower and his dog. He had a rope tied to the front of the lawnmower and the rope was tied to the collar of the dog. And the dog was sitting on his hind legs barking. The little boy intended for his dog to pull the lawnmower. And a man said, son, why is your dog barking? He said, mister, he's barking to keep from, from working. And that may explain the reason we have some people in the church sometimes want to bark a little bit. It's a lot easier to bark than it is to work. You, you know, we need harmony like an orchestra of fine-tuned instruments. Well, when those instruments are all in tune, that they can make such beautiful music. But should just one of those instruments get out of tune, it can spoil the whole production. You know what the devil tries to do to us in the local church? He tries to get us out of tune. And that's what he did with Ananias and Sapphira. That, that's what he did in Acts the sixth chapter when there was a murmuring that, that arose among the, uh, the disciples because of neglect of the Grecian widows in the daily ministration. Let us never be guilty of being out of tune. We need to be impressed today with the greatness of the local church. We need to be committed to it. We need to be bearing the fruit of the Spirit as a member of it. Put first things first. Put it first in my life. I should always be ready to work in it. Assume responsibility. And above all, have a positive, optimistic, attitude. But are you a member of a local body of Christ? I want to urge you to obey the gospel by believing in Jesus, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ and by being baptized into Jesus Christ. He will add you to the church and I would urge you to become aligned with a faithful, sound congregation of the Lord's church. I want to give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. That would be a local congregation. Become a part of it. Work in it. And then one day, it can be said of you like it was said of those early saints that they lived, died, and went to heaven in the local church. It is important. It is important. I want to urge you right now to pick up the telephone and call for the Free Bible Correspondence Course. I emphasize again that it is free. We want you to have it, and I want you right now, without hesitation, to call for that Bible course. And I want you to know that it is free. We offer the course free, CDs free, DVDs free. Nothing is, is going to cost you anything. And we hope that you'll do that today. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, The Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you, is my prayer.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free. 1-877-711-5214 one 711 5214